Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Little. I'm here with episode 143 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank all of you for being here today. Today we have what's going to be a math problem. Hope you all enjoy math. If you want to see some of the programs I'm using, make sure you watch this hand at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash WPH, or you can also watch it on YouTube. So in this hand, I make it 1600 from the hijack seat out of my very deep stack at 300-600. The relevant opponents in this hand, one player has 32,000 to start in the small blind, a good player, a tag slash lag. And then the player in the big blind has 21,000 to start, so about 35 big blinds. So I make it seven or 1,600 with pocket sevens. Seems perfectly standard from the hijack seat. Small blind calls. And now the big blind, a tight aggressive kid, three bets to 5,100. So what do we do with pocket sevens? Well, the first thing to note is that I don't really like calling here because to call, we're essentially playing in a pretty tough spot where we're not getting the right price to set mine. When you're set mining, you want to be getting at least 10 to 1 implied odds, maybe a little bit less, maybe 8 to 1, because you do win sometimes with pocket sevens, even when you don't improve to a set. So are we getting that here? Here you have to put in about 3,500 to potentially win what's going to be 31, I'm sorry, uh, 21,000 from our opponent. So I don't really like that play. I want to make it clear that our opponent's total stack here is 21,000 to start. So um, the 5,000 has not been taken out of it yet. So 3,500 to win 21,000 is nowhere near the 8 to 1. So calling's not that great. So should I fold or should I call? Well, that depends on what we think about our opponent's range. So again, uh, make sure you check this out at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash WPH. As you can see here, your equity in this spot when determining if we should go all in is the percentage of the time both players fold. Notice there are two players in this pot times the amount we win in the pot, or amount that's in the pot, which is 5,100 plus 1,600 plus 1,600 plus the antes, plus the percentage of the time the three better calls the all-in, this player, times the amount we put in the pot minus our equity in the pot. This is how much we're going to win or lose when we get it all in. It's going to be a negative number because seven is going to be behind our opponent's three betting and calling range, plus percentage of the time the caller calls times the amount we put in the pot, times our equity in the pot. So that's how often, basically, this guy is slow playing. So let's try to go through and figure out these numbers. First thing we want to do, let's start over here, is we want to figure out how often the three better is going to call if we go all in. So we have the handy-dandy float-the-turn range analyzer that we can use to roughly figure this out. Now, this isn't going to be exact, but it's going to be hopefully close. So these are hands that presumably our opponent's going to three bet for value, right? Here we have aces, kings, queens, jacks. Let's go ahead and give them tens. Ace, king suited, ace, king offsuit, and ace, queen suited. I think that seems reasonable. We could also give them ace, queen if we feel like it. Now, which hands is he going to three bet and fold? This is kind of difficult to necessarily nail down, so why don't we actually put a calling range in here and figure out which hands this player is going to call with from the big blind. So presumably he's going to call with all these hands, getting decent pot odds, I would suppose. At least this is what I would do. I'm definitely calling with all this stuff. Are we calling with these hands? Eh, you don't love it, but I guess you just have to. What about all these ace-exes, 10-9 offsuit? It's close. I think these are probably fine to call. This is probably fine. This is fine. So this is going to be roughly my calling range. So now you want to ask, is this player ever three-betting as a bluff? 
Now, some players legitimately never 3-bet as a bluff. They instead elect to 3-bet stuff like Ace-10 suited and Ace-Jack offsuit for value with the intention of folding it if they get shoved on, or maybe they just plan on calling every time if they get shoved on. Um, some players elect to 3-bet with a more polarized range, like some of these hands. And I think that's probably just going to be a better strategy versus people who call 3-bets a decent amount of the time. Alternatively, you could 3-bet these Ace-X offsuit hands. And I don't know what our opponent's going to do, but let's suppose that we think this specific player is going to 3-bet all of his Ace-X offsuit hands. Well, if you scroll down here on the Float the Turn range analyzer, you can find this at floatthaturn.com under the tool section. You'll see that he is going to call our 3-bet with 51, 15% of hands, and he's going to fold with 23% of hands. So what we do here, where is my calculator? There it is. Okay, so now we take 23 plus 15. Let's do 23.4 plus 15.1 equals. So this is 38.5% of hands, and he's going to call 15.1% of that. So we do 15.1 divided by 38.5. 15.1 divided by 38.5 equals. So that means that this player is going to call us about 39% of the time. Whenever we shove, assuming he's three betting all the bad ace-x offsuits and nothing else. And notice these are reasonable hands to three bet from out of position because they don't play particularly well. Um, again, he may three bet more than this. He may three bet less than this. But let's go back over to our equation. And this number becomes, how often does he call? He calls 39%. So 0.39. All right. When he calls, these are his hands, tens and better and ace-queen. So let's use Equilab to figure out how our pocket sevens does against this range. Did we give him ace-queen? We gave him ace-queen offsuit as well, so let's make sure we put that in. So that's his range, and we see pocket sevens will win 37% of the time. So going back to our equation, we do... Well, how much are we going to be putting in this pot? We're going to be putting in 21,000. Remember, that was our opponent's entire stack. So 21,000 times our equity in the pot. So how do you figure that out? Figure that out. Well, you take 0.39 times, was it 0.39? Sorry, I'm getting all my numbers confused. 0.37, sorry about that. Uh, this is our equity, 0.37 times the total pot. So how much is the total pot going to be? It's going to be his 21 plus my 21, that's 42,000, plus let's call it 2,000 more from this player's call and the antes, although it's actually a touch more than that. So it's actually going to be 40, our 42,000 plus another 2,000, so it's going to be 44,000. Okay. Now percentage of time the other caller calls. How often is this guy going to call? That's tough to say. It really does depend on how often the guy's slow playing. Let's assume he calls, I mean, you have to assume he's going to 3-bet a lot of his best hands, but let's assume he calls, I don't know, what do you want to say, 10% of the time? So the amount we're going to put in the pot then is going to be, because if I make it 20,000, presumably we're going to call the, the other 30 off. So let's, we have to put in 30,000 to win what's going to be 30, 60, ideally this guy's going to fold, so let's call it 65,000, let's call it 66,000 with the antes. So we have to put in 30, 31,000 to win. Our equity in the pot this time is going to be a little bit less. It's going to be about 35% versus aces, kings, queens, jacks, and ace, king. Let me just show you how we got that. Presumably he's only going to be getting it all in pretty snug. So sevens is going to have 33% in that spot. So 33% times the 65, 
or 66,000 chip pot. All right. Now, how often these players fold is going to be roughly the difference of these two. Or, or so we're going to, we have, um, we start with 100%, right? Then we subtract 39%, then we subtract 10%. So we're left with 51% that both players fold. And now, how much do we steal when we steal it? It's going to be 51. Let's get back out the calculator. We have 51 plus 16 plus another 600 from the antes. So we went 7,300 when they all fold. All right, so do we have all the numbers? It looks like we do. So now we know if we're going to run this number, and we're going to see if this number is greater than negative 1,600. It doesn't necessarily need to break even, because remember, we already put 1,600 in this pot, and um, we're going to lose the 1,600 chips. So I'm not going to say that it necessarily has to be above 1,600. Maybe you do want it to be positive, uh, break even or even slightly positive. But you have to be aware that we have put money in the pot already. Obviously, the money is, you know, quote-unquote gone. But at the same time, whenever we, we... We get to put it in not for the entire amount, right? Because we already have 1,600 in the pot. We're only putting in... We're not putting in additional 21,000. We're putting in actually 19,500 or so. Or, uh, yeah, something like that. So anyway, uh, okay, let's go back to this. Let's get out the calculator. So we do 0.51 times... 7,300 equals, so the first part of this equation is EV equals 3,723 plus, so now we do 0.37 times 44,000, 0.37 times 44,000 equals, actually these numbers should have been reversed, my apologies. So forgive me for this being scatterbrained. I did just have my first son. He's taking, he's making my mind go crazy. Um, this number should be, I actually, I'll just show you what I'm supposed to do. Should have been like this. I'm sure someone, the math people out there were screaming at the computer as I did this. So we do 21,000 minus 4,720 times 0.39 equals, so now we have 1,800, but this is a negative number because it, this was um, the smaller of the two. So we have minus 1,841 minus, and these are negative because when we do get it in, we're getting it in bad, right? So now we do 0.33 times 66,000 equals minus... 31,000 equals times 0.1 equals. So we have now minus 922. So we run these numbers. We have 3,723 minus 1841 minus 922 equals. So shoving in this spot with pocket sevens, on average, should win us 960 chips. Now, that may not sound like a lot, but remember, when we fold, we just cannot win. And we've already put a little bit of money in the pot. So between folding and getting it all in, we would rather get it all in. Even though, take a look at the math, we're going to get called 40% of the time and be an underdog versus a tag kid. And versus the this guy, maybe he's going to slow play and just get it in really good versus us 10% of the time. And that's going to end up working out to still allow us to profit. 
Now, instead, let's assume this guy doesn't bluff as often. That is going to change things significantly. So now let's assume he only bluffs with, let's suppose these, right? Now you can see he has roughly the same amount of 3-bet calls as 3-bet folds. So, and again, this math is all somewhat rough, but it is eh, close enough. This number becomes 50. This number becomes 40, right? So now this number is going to become smaller, and this number is going to become bigger or a larger negative. So what would happen here is you would have 0.4 times 7,300 equals. So now we have 2,920, right? You can already see how this is going to get much worse for us because we're starting 1,000 chips lower. Remember how we profited 900 chips at the end of the day? Well, now we're going to be near zero. And then we do 0.37 times 44,000 equals minus 21,000 equals times 0.5 equals. So this number becomes minus 2360. And hopefully you can already tell this number on the back end, we're subtracting 3,600 chips. I'm sorry, 3,300 chips. And we're only going to profit 2,900 chips. So this is going to be now negative for us. So we're going to lose money with this play. But, you know, it's not awful. Um, some people will, like I said, legitimately never bluff. And then what happens is this number becomes zero. So the positive number becomes zero. And this number becomes just our total equity. So we would just be purely getting it in bad. So anyway, this was sort of a, you know, a long episode, but I wanted to show you roughly how you can go about doing this math. And I definitely suggest you do this away from the table so that you know in these scenarios if they are profitable or not profitable. Because whenever you show up at the table, you don't have time to sit here and do all the math. And, you know, you don't really know how often the guy's going to call you. And this is not something you can just do in your head unless you're a super genius, which I certainly am not. So, should we shove or should we fold? Well, it depends entirely on what we think about this tight, aggressive kid's three-betting range. And I don't know what I was thinking in-game. If I shoved here, it was because I thought he was three-betting too often. If I folded here, it's because I think he's not three-betting often enough. Or maybe even just kind of snugly. So, let's see what happens. I do decide to make it 20,000, which is effectively all in. And we pick up the pot. So clearly we had some fold equity. It's tough to say how much. That's really the difficult thing about these spots is you have no clue if you just caught your opponent with the bottom part of his range. Because for all we know, maybe he three bets with just like exactly ace-nine offsuit, right? So he's three betting some tiny percentage of the time, as you can see right here, in the float the turn range analyzer. But... At the same time, you know, we just we just happen to catch him in that tiny, tiny portion, roughly, you know, 20-ish percent of the time. So uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting spot because at the same time, you know, maybe this guy's three-betting all sorts of junk with the intention of folding, thinking that the guy who called the small blind is obviously putting his money in dead because he can never have a good hand, which I don't necessarily think is true if this is a good player. And he probably thinks that I'm opening too wide. And if that's the case, maybe he's three-betting all sorts of stuff. And now he's folding out way too often. So, cool spot. I think this is a scenario that does come up a lot in tournaments, especially as you start to play higher stakes where people can 3-bet with the intention of folding. Um, what a lot of amateur players do, by the way, is they will use a strategy kind of like this, where they 3-bet all of these hands with the intention of folding if they get re-raised. And as you can see, if they're doing this, they're going to have a, a pretty good amount of 3-bets with the intention of folding, even though these hands are quite strong. And this makes their calling range very weak. And... Um, it also just takes away, I mean, they, they can still be three-bet quote-unquote bluffing, even though they actually have hands like ace-jack and whatnot, which are quite strong. 
So anyway, I shoved this time, my opponent folded, and we ended up winning a nice pot. If you like this hand, definitely check out the Float the Turn Range Analyzer. Again, it's a completely free program. You can find it over at floattheturn.com under the tool section. It is very useful for analyzing spots like this. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to do a little bit of work away from the table. Thanks again for watching or listening. Again, you can watch the video if you are listening to this on um, your iPhone or the Stitcher podcast. You can watch the videos at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash WPH or also on YouTube. So make sure you do that. There's a little bit of math involved, and I understand that that is not the easiest thing to listen to whenever you're driving in a car or working out at the gym. Be sure to check back next week for another educational poker hand here on Weekly Poker Hand.